0: The Passholder Lounge is open once again, and I am so excited to welcome you in. Hello, it's Justin Monrail. back for another week of the Passholder Lounge podcast. I'm so happy you found your way back here. Find yourself a big, nice, cushy spot on the couch and crack open a drink and let's have a good time. This is episode six of the Passholder Lounge. Today we've got a good one. Our friend Kenan from formerly from Part of Our World podcast, is joining us today, and we're going to talk about some King's Island. But before we get into that, I promised last week I'd do a few shout-outs for some of those folks who have already taken the time to rate and review the podcast, I'm going to do that right now. Five stars from our friend Nova Listener. Nova started listening to The Morning Monorail a few months before the show ended. It quickly became one of their favorite podcasts. In the, in the Disney genre so glad to finally have a show and see how the content branches out love the first few episodes, I did a terrible job reading that from now on I'm just going to read it from the first person but thank you Nova listener, five stars appreciate that so much, Kevin loves Gaga, five stars unlike my real dad, Justin came back after saying we needed milk and a pack of camels not going to touch that one we're just going to move right along but I think I know that's our friend Kevin Kevin Dix, he'll be on the show. We're gonna we're gonna chat probably around the holidays. He'll be uh, he'll be joining us. He's the the creator of the notorious, infamous, even dirty butthole cocktail. <laughs> That's Kevin. Um, five stars from Jungle Boy Four Ninety Nine. I'm so glad to see Justin back in the podcast chair. The man has the pipes, the charisma, the park knowledge, the jokes, and most importantly, the passion. If you like theme parks, then this podcast is ideal for you. So glad to be along for the ride. And I think that might just be our friend Michael Matande. If I'm guessing, I think that might be who that is. Maybe not, but I think it is because he did a little flex there at the end. And Michael is the the guy that I know. Five stars from V G D D V H I H C D i don't know five stars great podcast justin monorails back and i can't wait for the positivity it brings each episode that's what i'm doing that's what we do here we bring the positivity and the fun and the thrills and the laughs and the gags and that's what we do five stars from our friend tony disney discussions a must listen for any theme park fan thank you tony five stars from disneyland donna love the parks Listen to this podcast. Great topics and guests, too. Love the podcast. Justin, keep up the good work. Glad you're back. Love, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Love you, too. And finally, five stars from our friend Cocktail Bob, or as he is known on the iTunes Bobby Dollars. Justin's mom told me to give him five stars, and no one wants to be on the wrong side of an angry mom. Welcome back. Love the new format and overall adult fun angle with the theme park lean. Well, I will say this, if my mom is out there threatening people and forcing them to rate and review the show, well, I appreciate the good work that she's doing. She's doing the Lord's work out there, and she did a great job. I mean, obviously, she twisted one arm and got a review for us. Keep up the good work, Mom. I give five stars to you and your effort. Let's get into the show. I know you don't want me to delay it anymore. Keenan, part of our world podcast. Let's crack open a beer and let's do it. Perfect. I could have said it in a different tone, but I went with hello. <laughs> hello. 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 Hey, got to get those deep radio baritones going. I know I'm still, you know, kind of getting my uh, my uh, podcasting legs back underneath me. I got to find my voice again somewhere in there. But no, it's, uh, very, it's very natural and soothing. So oh, nice, thank you, nicely sir. done. <laughs> maybe I should start my own ASMR channel, or I could maybe do some like bedtime stories. I, I think those are popular. Like um there are people who like I, I recently heard of this. There are podcasts that are meant to be listened to like while you're trying to go to sleep. I wonder if I could do that. You think I could do that? Yeah,
1: I would I'd I'm not super into ASMR. I think it's kind of creepy. <laughs> like, I know some people that are like, oh, it's great. It's so soothing. But I'm like, oh,
0: stop making mouth noises. I don't like the mouth noises either, as I just did one directly <laughs> yeah, right. to the microphone. <laughs> Perfect timing for a mouth noise. And it's so good to see you. It's It's been a long time. I mean, I know we we keep in touch. We chat over the the social media and the text messages, but... It's, it's so good to be able to actually have a conversation even in this context where we're podcasting but but just to be able to, to connect again in, in a personal way is is it feels good I'm happy to be able to do it yeah man I'm real excited to be sitting here talking theme parks with you again oh yeah so what's going on I know uh, for you guys you you have is the is part of our world podcast on a long hiatus or have you ended the show at this point it is done
1: it's done yeah and and you know it's funny is there there were a lot of reasons why we ended up not doing it and not to throw my wife under the bus but the number one one was that she was just not that into it anymore and i was putting a ton of work into it yeah so i still kind of wanted to do something you and i have talked like you know that i still Mm want to like stay active in the community and, and do something. Um, so I had, I had recorded this kind of solo breakup message to our listeners. And here's why we're stepping away and our marriage is fine. And all this stuff, cause you know,
0: rumors <laughs> start to fly. <laughs> well, oh, they, they stopped. Show. <laughs> I, I just have to say, especially following the end of maybe my podcast where that <laughs> I came out and let everybody know, Hey, we're in the show and this is what happened. So, you know, that's, kind of why I did it. It's because I know that rumors get out there, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. So you recorded it, never released it. Yeah. She goes, well, you're not going to include me with that. And I'm like, I just
1: didn't think you wanted to. And she's like, well, if we're going to do like a farewell message, then I want to be part of it <laughs> too. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then we never did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what that means to me? The door is still open and may- it- and maybe at some point, you know, you'll be back on the scene. It could happen. We could be back.
1: I will say this: if it's if part of our world podcast comes back, it'll be Rachel and I. Yeah. If I do something without her,
0: it will be something different. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, the show was you guys, so for sure that that makes a lot of sense. Um, But I know people have have missed hearing you too, sir, and so I'm glad to be able to um, you know team up with you and and get a show out there. And and by the way, I mean. here in the early shows, I don't mind kind of re- repeating the premise a little bit, but um, this is ve- really going to be a show where, I mean, it's it's sort of an open door to whoever wants to sort of participate. I, I, I have tried to build out a little bit, bit of a schedule early on with, with some different um, guest hosts, and uh, but as I go forward... Just know that uh, any time that you feel like you want to join up and, and talk some theme parks, I, I, maybe I can share a schedule with you and you can let me know what you might want to be involved in. Um, but but you would be welcome to do that for sure. Heck yeah. I'd love to be a part of it. I'd love to is, be a part of your world, Justin. Hey, hey, hey now. So <laughs> this, this, is, uh, this is the Passholder Lounge. And uh, so part of the Passholder Lounge is we're going to get together. Of course, we're going to come together under our mutual love of theme parks and themed entertainment uh, but really this is a place where we can we can talk we can socialize we can have a couple of drinks. I'm having myself a rogue dead guy ale tonight and uh, and and really just kind of see where the conversation goes but I am sort of trying to tailor conversations to be interesting and relevant to the people that are part of the show and so today, our quote unquote subject is King's Island and the golden celebration of its 50th anniversary. Um, because not only are you, are you a pass holder to King's yep. Island? Yes. You are. Okay. And how long have you been a pass holder? So just last year, actually, okay. but we,
1: we live about an hour and a half from King's Island. So I've kind of grown up going to King's Island Funnily enough, our home park was Cedar Point, which is a little bit farther away. But, and this will probably come up in our conversation. I feel like the quality of Cedar Point has declined over the years and the quality of King's Island has increased. So it was kind of a natural switch for us to choose the closer park that we also felt like was better managed and nicer and cleaner
0: and all that stuff. Yeah. So in the past you have had a Cedar Point annual pass. Is that true? Correct. Okay. Um, so that's great. I mean, I love Cedar Point. That's going to be a show, a whole nother show we'll have to do at some point. Maybe we can even get Nate involved in that one and, and make that uh, uh, a multiple host conversation. But, um, but yeah, Kings Island for me is a place that I, I grew up going to because I've got so much family in the Cincinnati area. And of course, we would travel multiple times through the uh, each year. Um, over the years to the Cincinnati area and being the theme park lover that I am I would always insist that we make a little trip over to Kings Island so I have seen it kind of go through a lot of different phases and I will say I'm glad to hear that you say that it's kind of like continuing to improve and um and really kind of get its feet under it over the uh, last few years because I feel like there was a little dip um you know I, I don't know if I can necessarily pinpoint the time frame, but it felt like when when the Paramount licensing, the Paramount Agreement kind of went away, I think the park sort of maybe lost its way for a little while. Um, but now it's, it's, you know, glad to hear it's sort of coming into its own. So um, we can kind of talk about that over the years. But uh, why don't we talk first about... Do you have any early memories of Kings Island like does it have some n- connection to your childhood um anything that that flashes when you think about like the past and and growing up near the park
1: Yeah most of it's tied to the kids area um it's like considered an award-winning kids area for theme parks I can't remember like what years it's won but you know, it's it's definitely won a bunch of it has a lot of accolades for its kids' area, but it's gone through a lot of transitions because it had the Hanna Barbera era, I think when <laughs> I was really young. And then at one point it was Nickelodeon and they had Rugrats and I don't know, a bunch of Nickelodeon IPs. And now it's the Cedar Fair, which is um peanuts. So yeah. Snoopy, Snoopy and the gang. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of memories as a kid with the Hanna Barbera stuff. I also have it's my first memory of um, seeing a roller coaster and kind of becoming enthralled with it. And I have a core memory of, gosh, I don't remember how old I was, but um, I was just shy of the height requirement for Vortex, yeah. which was this massive steel looping uh, coaster. And mm-hmm. I, w- I melted down. I mean, I'm, oh. I, wasn't a, I wasn't a kid who really threw tantrums, but I, <laughs> it destroyed me not
0: to be able to go on that ride. Yeah. Yeah, actually, so that's interesting. Um, Vortex, I was terrified of forever. I mean, for years, even after I was tall enough to ride uh, roller coasters and looping coasters, um, I I didn't want to do it. Like it was just something I would ride. I would ride something like the racer or something like that. But I I didn't want to go upside down on a coaster. It it terrified me. Um, And I think my first looping coaster that I ever rode was probably I go back and forth on this because I think there were like I hit several of them in a, in the span of a couple of years after I broke through the the fear, but I really do think my first one was the Wabash Cannonball, which was at Opryland in nashville um but i I think my second was the vortex and nice. it w- it would have been on a a youth group trip um so definitely like wanted to impress my friends and go with them and um I remember being super anxious about it, but, but loving it. And I think we ended up doing it multiple times that day. But yeah, the vortex is one of those. I remember when we would take trips with the family, my brother and sister would be all fired up about doing it. And I was like, Nope, not doing it. Not going to do it. And so my dad, I guess wouldn't, would have to sit out and and wait with me while my brother and sister did it. But uh, I I actually didn't know. um, So it closed. uh, I think the vortex closed in 2019, is that right? It's. I know it's no longer there. It was either 2019 or 2020. Yeah, it's it's been recent. Yeah, I'm sad that I didn't get to, to go ride it before it went away. But I, I imagine that it was a little, especially compared to like giga coasters of today, that it was a little rough and and maybe would have been a more painful experience than what I remember. But but I yeah, a, a little bit rough
1: is an understatement. It was, <laughs> it was pretty brutal in its final days. My only complaint about Vortex being gone, I'm kind of okay with it because it, it needed completely overhauled and retract sure. if they were going to keep it around, but they haven't done anything with that space. And there's just oh. all this empty grass. Oh, it's like, it's very glaring that there was a coaster there that is no longer there.
0: Interesting. Well, I mean, they'll definitely develop it at some point. I wonder, I wonder if plans are in the works, even as we speak, but um, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Well, just talking about the the kids zone though, like for me, I agree with you. That's, that's the thing that when I think about growing up, uh, going to King's Island, um, I mean, I remember Hanna-Barbera land and, um, I don't remember the first version of the boat ride, but I do remember it being a Smurfs ride. And like, I can, I can remember distinctly the Gargamel portions of that ride. Cause I thought it was kind of scary, but I loved, I love the Smurfs ride so much. Um, I think before it was a Smurfs ride, it was like a general Hanna-Barbera kind of ride, and maybe it had some other stuff in it. I did some quick research on this uh, a couple of days ago, because I was like, am I remembering this ride, or was it just a fever dream? But no, it really did exist. There was definitely a Smurfs ride, but but I'm I am i can't think what is there now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it may have just been torn out, because they, do they have a boat ride in the kids' area? I don't think so. No,
1: but they do have a dark ride, and I wonder if that
0: is the former home of the Smurfs ride. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I, and I remember it. So the Woodstock express, uh, I I remember that because I, that may have been one of my first coasters, honestly. Um, I guess it was a Scooby-Doo coaster and then a beat the beastie. That's right. I remember it being the beastie. Um, so I would do that one, but, um, one of my great regrets about Kings Island is I never once got to ride son of beast. Uh, I was just about to ask it. It was such a small window to
1: be able to get in and ride son of beast. Yeah. And for, for anyone who doesn't know son of beast is, was it the only, I know it was the first, but I'm pretty sure the only wooden roller coaster that has a loop. Yeah. I think that's true. I I don't know if there's another one. And it was a catastrophic failure, (laughs) (laughs) severe injuries. I think there was one death from it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the downtime for it. I mean, it was down all the time. It was just a huge waste of money for them, unfortunately. Uh, Because the concept was super cool, but did you did you get to ride it? I did. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was cool. Did you come come out injured or? I didn't. I mean, I was a teenager, I think then. So you know, your your body's pretty limber and can handle getting banged around on a roller coaster. Nowadays, no,
0: I, I would have probably I would have walked, walked off of that and straight into the hospital. Yeah, I know. I, sadly, that's probably true for me too. Um, I will tell you, so I love the beast. The beast is like, it's gotta be, it's still one of my favorite roller coasters of all time. And, and actually the last time I got to visit Kings Island and I think it was probably, I'm going to say 2016, 2017, it would have been right around that time frame. I think, um, I rode Kings I- or I rode the Beast for the very first time in the dark. I'd never ridden it at night, and it is a totally different experience at night. In fact, it was kind of terrifying. It's so scary. I made
1: the mistake of taking my six-year-old. On. He's seven now, but at the time, I was like, "Somewhat." We were in line for something, and my child loves making friends with people in line. And some grown man was like, "You have to ride the Beast at night." So all day, my six-year-old got to ride the beast tonight. We got to ride the beast tonight. And I'm like, yeah, we definitely have to ride the beast at night. And I scarred him for life. He's like, oh. I will never ride the beast <laughs> at night again.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, even I was scared. I'm like, oh my God. I know it's, it's intense. I mean, the beast is a great ride anyway, but for those who, who maybe haven't been exposed uh, to the beast, this is one of those that uh, when it was built, it was the longest wooden roller coaster in the world. And actually, um, According to the wiki, as of 2014, it was still the longest wooden roller coaster in the world. And it has a couple of different sections where it starts to go into sort of a, a, a loop or a circular sort of a circuit and you go into these tunnels. And that's what I remember being super scary because I was thinking to myself at night. I was like, who knows what is in these tunnels? Well, I could be getting smacked in the face by a bat. I don't know. Like just the thought of going in there and and um, it's already kind of like that you get that effect of like the decapitation effect, like, Oh, I don't know if it's, you know, do I have to duck as I go in and then just like going through the tunnels? It was, it was pretty scary, Mm -hmm. um, but super fun. It's, it was great. I'd love to do it again. Um, And I, I guess, you know, I I think the beast is one of those that they're just going to keep maintaining that thing. Like that's it's, it's an icon of the park. Like it's never, if if it ever went away, there'd be a riot. I think if it went away, something
1: would have had to happen to it to destroy it to the yeah. point where they couldn't justify the cost of repairs. They actually just did update two or three sections of the track this year.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, it's noticeable. It's a little okay. bit smoother. A little smoother. Yeah, because it is rough. I mean, it's a wooden coaster, so you you expect it's going to be bumpy. Yeah, and it but... goes out into the woods. Yeah. Like,
1: there's no lights once you get out there. So if you go at the right time, it really is pitch black, especially in the tunnels. You get the howling winds. Oh, It's, it's a completely different ride
0: if you ride it at night. It is. It is. It's so worth it. Um, another one I haven't gotten to do yet is Mystic Timbers. So tell me what you think of Mystic Timbers, because I, I, I feel like it, I've watched videos. It looks great. Mystic Timbers... I, I,
1: if if Hagrid's didn't exist, I would say that Mystic Timbers is the best gateway coaster for kids for younger kids to get them over the like beastie you know the the snoopy coasters into more crazy ones and i, I you know andres mm-hmm. throws in and magic um he came with us on our last trip and he kind of disagreed he's like wouldn't something like the racer or something like that be just a better transition and i said you know It could be, but every kid that we interact with in line, they will say that is their favorite coaster. And there's something about, I I think that there's, there's a few components as to why it's so great for kids. The initial drop has a nice bank to it. So you're not just going straight down. And I think that scares a lot of kids, like just the like weightlessness that you feel. So you don't get that. Um, It's fast, kind of wild. And then it ends with, without spoiling anything, it ends with a scene. Mm Mm-hmm there's a story to the ride and so it's like i just think a very unique experience and um it it, it, it's tame enough that i think kids can get off of that and be like okay i can try these other rides that i was scared of because i just did something that was scary but really
0: fun yeah i I think it's a it's an amazing coaster okay that's great to hear because, um, you know, of course you watch videos and and it's hard to really tell like what the actual experience is going to be like. I, I think it's interesting that they've got this hook of the shed at the end. And um, I kind of wondered, like, is that sort of like a gimmick? Um, you know, it, it, is that the draw more than the actual experience of the ride? Actually, seeing that it opened in 2017, this helps me place in time when I would have visited king's island last because i remember there being signage for mystic timbers but it wasn't open yet um so it must have been 2016 or, or 2017 before it opened and i thought it was just going to be some sort of like seeing the signage i thought it was like some sort of a halloween attraction they were going to be doing i didn't i didn't know what it was and i didn't research it but um yeah i i'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check that out. I, this is this is all making me want to go, and and I guess this year would be a great year to go because it is the 50th. Um, have you been able to go this summer? Yeah, we've been quite a few times. And
1: um, when you get the season pass, this is kind of what hooked us. We got we got it last August. That got us through their Halloween weekends, which mm-hmm. they call the haunt. There's a Winterfest, which yes it's ohio in december so it's very cold (laughs) um but mystic timbers is open and then their indoor coaster is open and they have parades and goodies and all sorts of stuff it's very cool um so we got a lot of bang for our buck even before this 2022 season opened up and we we went opening weekend and then i think we've been four times three times so we've been four times total this summer yeah we go sorry go ahead i was just gonna say we we will go like on a whim Like last year it was NFL opening Sunday Mm -hmm. and I'm a huge Browns fan. Yeah. They had a four o'clock, four thirty kickoff. And I looked at my kid and I was like, Do you want to go to King's Island for a couple hours? And the park was completely empty because the Bengals had a home game. Oh, nice. And uh, gosh, we rode Mystic Timbers probably like eight times in a row, rode a couple other rides and went home. And so you you know this being so close to Disney World, it's it's wonderful having a season pass knowing that you can just hop in, do a few things, enjoy the park and not feel like you have to squeeze every penny out of that trip. Just go enjoy it for what it is. Do what you want to do there and go home.
0: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's part of what this whole podcast is based on, right? Like when I, when I go to the parks, being a pass holder, like if it's a crowded, busy day, I don't feel like I have to do everything. I can go enjoy the atmosphere, go get a drink somewhere, hang out and just take it in. But those being able to take those spur the moment trips when you're like, oh my gosh, the parks are empty today. We could go squeeze in a few rides and really take advantage of that. That's like that's such a that's such a nice feeling to be able to do that. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, uh, about your little one. So first of all, how how old is your is your boy? He is seven. He's seven. He sounds like a thrill seeker.
1: He is. He rode Tower of Terror when he was four. Yeah, and Millennium Force when he was. Six. Wow. And. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he'll he'll it's funny. He'll get a little nervous and be like, I'm a little bit scared. But then he does it and loves it. So he's definitely a thrill seeker.
0: Wow. OK, I I already bowed to his nerve because I, as a grown person, when I rode Millennium Force the first time, nearly chickened out. It's intimidating. That is an intimidating coaster. Um, I love it. That is also on maybe one of my all time greatest uh, roller coaster list, but um, wow, that's that's really impressive. So, um, do you do you think of Kings Island now? Is it like positioning itself as a coaster park? Is that sort of like where it's headed, or has it been that way for a while? Uh, I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts? Like, how does how does Kings Island? What is the value proposition that they're going for these days?
1: So Cedar Fair, which owns Cedar Point and Knott's Berry Farm and Canada Wonderland, Kings Dominion, bunch of, they own a bunch of parks, but they're, they're mostly known for Cedar Point. They bought it in, I'm not a historian, I'm sure I'm <laughs> going to mess something up here, but I think like late 2000s, like 2008 or something like that. And you mentioned earlier that they, there was kind of a dark age for Kings Island. And I think even that transition, Cedar Fair taking it over was pretty... Pretty rough. They did do Diamond back then, um, which is a great coaster, but it, it was kind of like it, it, the part kind of lost its identity. But in the past, I don't know, five, six years, something like that, they've added uh, a great uh, inverted coaster called Banshee. Oh. They did Mystic Timbers, which I probably undersold a little bit, talking about how kid friendly it is. It it's a wild ride. It's a solid roster. Yeah.
0: Well, Um, it sounds like, it sounds like if you're using your kid as a, as, (laughs) as a judge, like he, he is more daring than most kids. So just, just FYI, but it sounds great. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, And then they just added in 2020,
1: a giga coaster called Orion. Mm. So they're definitely, I think, trying to compete with that roller coaster market. And it's just a really beautiful, well-managed park. The important, employees, I almost called them cast members because that's the Disney (laughs) way, but um, super friendly. And they just seem like on point. They're getting the lines moving. They're talking to people. They're handing out free, you know, pixie dust and stuff. And um, it's it's just part of what I like about it is it feels smaller. It's not a very small park, but it feels smaller and more like a local park. Mm -hmm. And yet you get these amazing rides out of it yeah so i'm excited for the future because i think they're gonna keep pushing the limits like with Orion, who knows what they've got next um and they they've cleared out a few coasters recently they're clearly making space i would love to see them kind of prefer cedar fair that is i'd like i'd love to see them prefer king's island as their like coaster enthusiast are
0: gonna put it i mean well let's be honest so cedar point you you're, you're limited in space they're on a little peninsula they i mean how much can they do unless they tear stuff down um maybe maybe they look at kings island as as more of an opportunity more i mean it is a little more central for more people it's like cedar point's harder to get to um and you have the appeal i guess with cedar point the I, the anchor is sort of like cleveland even though it's not really it's not like just it's down not, the road it's not close to cleveland I, right i don't
1: yeah i don't know what it is I think Cedar Point just established itself as a big roller coaster park in the 90s. Yeah. And they kind of just kept that going. But I do wonder if Kings Island is the better investment because of like what you said, the centralized location. And if you go there, I love getting to the top of a coaster and you look around. There's so much undeveloped land. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like you said, with Cedar Point, you are on a peninsula. It's landlocked. Cedar Point. I love it. I love the park. They've got my favorite coaster ever and steel vengeance and mm-hmm. millennium force is probably one of my top three, but they'd make stupid decisions like tearing down a coaster and putting in a restaurant. And I'm right. like, what do you guys do? Are you going to try to be the roller coaster capital of the world or what? <laughs>
0: mm. That's, I mean, that's so interesting to hear. And it's been a long time since I've been to Cedar point too, but um, there's so much that I haven't been able to do there. Um, that's been added. I actually, Orion like I, I was reading about it as you were talking about it it seems to me over the course of the of the parks like both Cedar Point and Kings Island um, one of the things that they like to do and, and maybe this is just kind of a generally true statement about parks that put in a, a roller coaster they, they try to find some angle to be like this is the first park to have a coaster that does this thing um, it was I'm reading about uh, Orion and it says it's First of all, it features a 300-foot drop. It goes a max speed of 91 miles per hour, and it was the largest investment in Kings Island history, built on the former location of Firehawk. Okay, I was wondering where it went. Here's what I can tell you. Firehawk, I only rode it maybe a couple times. Flight coasters scare the crap out of me because I feel like I'm going to fall out. Like, I just, I never feel safe in a flight coaster. That one, and um, I rode the Superman at Six Flags in Georgia, and both of them, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking the whole time, like, I'm going to fall out of the coaster. That, and it, it makes me feel very nervous. But um, <laughs> my story about Firehawk is um, I'm trying to, you might have to help me remember how they do. I, I think I remember that when you load onto Firehawk, You get in the seat and then it like laid back before it launched. I think, I think it was like, so you would sit down and then it would, and then the seats would recline to where you were on your back and then you would go up the lift and then turn around because you were eventually would flip over belly down. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like, I think you would go up the lift on your back and then it would turn over when it got to the top. I, if I remember it right, that's what I, that's what I think it did. So, I had my mom's camera in my pocket when I was riding <laughs> uh, firehawk at one point. And so as it laid back, the camera just gently slid right out of my pocket and then onto the platform that eventually like lowers out of the way. Luckily one of the, we'll call them cast members, team member, whoever they saw it happen. They came over and grabbed it for me, but I was like, you know, this is why they tell you, you need to have no loose, secure your loose articles before you ride these coasters. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of sad it's gone because I do think I like I like the novelty of of flight coasters, but um, it sounds like I mean, it was replaced by something much more superior anyway. So um, I'll, I'm excited to go back. There's so many reasons to go back right now. Yeah, so many things I haven't done.
1: Yeah, I for those um, flying coasters, I feel like the novelty is very cool, but it never feels as fun as I think it's going to feel. Like if you're, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm flying, so I'm going to feel like I'm flying. And then it's just like, I'm kind of just uncomfortable just twisting around here. <laughs> Same thing with stand-up coasters. I'm like, I don't think I've ever had a stand-up coaster that I truly enjoyed
0: mm. and didn't feel. Just uncomfortable? We- uncomfortable, yeah. So Kings Island used to have the Cobra. King Cobra, yeah. Um, that was the first one. The first stand-up coaster I rode. And I think you're right. I mean, they, they sacrifice, I guess, comfort and uh, um, utility of the seats for, for the novelty of it. Um, I, this is what I say about a flight coaster, too. If you're just uncomfortable, like laying on your stomach, you're, you're probably not going to be comfortable in a flight coaster because all your weight is like on that harness, you know, mm-hmm. how, however it lines up. That tends to be somewhat uncomfortable, but I'm just sitting there the whole time like I'm going to fall out of this thing. I don't know. I, I can't get past it. And I, I tend to maybe I shouldn't, but I, I tend to trust uh, like coaster safety mechanisms because I'm like, these things get tested. They would never let people on them if they're not safe. You know, but which is true
1: f- for the most part, but for the most part. <laughs> well, because freak accidents happen. Yeah, but they absolutely do test them. And yeah. They yeah. wouldn't let us on it if it wasn't safe.
0: That's I have to believe that I I even tell myself that when I go to like the the local county fair or whatever. Oh hell no, <laughs> <laughs> not ride fair rides.
1: <laughs> you know someone died at our um, Ohio State Fair. Oh my god, a few a few uh, years ago. Was what? Do you know what ride it was on? So I think the person who died was actually a bystander, but mm. it was one of those spinny. Rides and it like came detached from the ride, and people flew out of the ride. Holy crap. and I think, gosh, I'm I'm I don't recall all the details, but I think a ca- one of the cars flew off and then hit the person who died. But Holy it was a huge molly. tragedy, yeah. And it's like I've always been wary of, of fair rides, and after that, I was like, there's no reason for me to get on a ride. <laughs> that is not super regulated and that can be packed up in a weekend and shipped to another part of the state. Like that just doesn't seem
0: smart. Let me tell you what you don't want to do when you're at the fair. You don't want to closely inspect like how they're put together because what you will see is like basically large safety pins Hmm. that are holding the joints together. It's not good. It's not good. It's not safe, Um, but I do it. I do it because I love a fair. Look, I am drawn in by bright, flashy lights. And then you you get a couple of those fried Twinkies in me and I'm good. I'm game for just about anything. Let's do it. Fried fair food to me
1: is the only reason to go to the fair. We sometimes get some (laughs) good concerts. I think I think I'm just um, bitter because our fairgrounds are right by Ohio State's campus Mm. and I which I lived on for a decade. And every year the fair would come to town for two weeks. Uh, Traffic was awful. It was just I a just, pain. oh, I hated it. And yeah. so I got this real cynical sort of like, oh, "Fair sucks, man." My kid would probably like it if I took him, but I have not taken my son. <laughs> I hate it. I hate. That. Oh, he'd be down. He'd want to ride everything. No, oh, you'd God. have to get him a wristband and and don't go do it all. I'd be like, "Listen, here's why we're not riding any of those, and here's why I have no problem throwing you on Millennium Force when you're six years old." <laughs>
0: Um. So, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because being here where I live, being so close to to the Walt Disney World Resort, and getting to experience the the 50th anniversary of the well, specifically the Magic Kingdom, one of the things that that I, I have consistently heard is that people don't feel like well, basically Disney's done it right. Like they, people don't feel like there's good enough merch. They don't feel like the, the nighttime spectaculars are like celebrating the park's history. They don't feel like there's enough decorations. Like, and and I've gotten several surveys where essentially they're asking me all these questions. And my opinion is sort of the same in that. And I get that a lot of this was probably impacted by COVID and they couldn't really uh, maybe do everything that they wanted to do. And especially with, you know, supply chain issues or whatever it may be. That was disgusting. <laughs> I've been trying really hard not to burp on the mic. Um But I wanted to ask you about how King's Island has been celebrating their 50th because um, I, I just feel like for whatever reason, Disney's missed the mark and um, it, it hasn't really, it hasn't really felt like the 50th that people hoped for. So What's what's Kings Island doing to celebrate their 50th?
1: <laughs> you started talking Walt Disney 50th, and I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking about all the things I don't like about. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, don't go a rant. Like, don't start ranting you, about hey, Walt Disney. No, do it. You can if you want to. Tell me what you don't like. What? Well, but no, but you asked, what is Kings Island doing? here. You know, you know what? I will sum it up in one sentence, and then we can talk about it. Okay. The big difference between Kings Island's 50th and Magic Kingdom or Walt Disney World's 50th is that King's Island is celebrating the park Mm. fair, literally everything. I mean, all of the snacks and this is a minor thing. Okay. But I think it's cool. All of the snacks that they have are named after an old ride. That is cool. Like a defunct ride. I think they have some that are modern and still exist and stuff like that. But for the most part, they're all classic rides. They've got a nighttime show that pays homage to the history of the park. Um, <laughs> they brought in a, um, they used to have a, a dark ride called Phantom Manor. Yeah. And now they have a Phantom Manor show and there's speculation that they're going to actually bring back Phantom Manor because um, the dark ride they have now is not very good, but oh, yeah. who, who, who knows it could be a test run for that. But like the fact that they, like imagine if Walt Disney for the 50th had a Mr. Toad's Wild Ride stage show. I don't know if that would be good, but that's the type of stuff that they're doing that's like, hey, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I, I remember Phantom Manor. Yeah, I'm going to go see the show. Awesome. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, that, that's exactly it. Because why don't we acknowledge the fact that this was something the fans loved and that is gone now and we can do something to celebrate it because it is part of the park's history. I, I think that's amazing. I actually, um, I haven't seen any videos or, or anything of the Phantom Manor uh, stage show. I think that's really cool. I'm glad they're doing that. Um, I remember that ride. I, I, I mean, it's one of those things where, okay, if it were still around today, somebody would write it. and They're like, wow, this is really outdated and cheesy. Right. I mean, obviously. But you could say that about like the Tiki room yeah carousel of progress but it's still there for a reason it's still there because it's part of the park's past and it's it's i was actually thinking about this today as as i was kind of like planning for our conversation i was thinking like um okay this is maybe going to be an extreme example and and let's let's set aside some of the um potentially a racist objections and, and other things that are going on, but okay. Let's say for example, splash mountain was like an original attraction. It wasn't, but let's say that it was. Um, and now it's being totally rethemed. And the reason I bring this up is because, um, there are people who for, for honest, legitimate reason, like they have a lot of nostalgia tied to that ride. And they're like, I, it's going to make me very, very sad that it's totally changed. So when I was thinking about this, I was like, well, at some point the, the effects and you know, the scenes, like everything, everything starts to get very dated and maybe it gets broken down. Maybe it's hard to maintain, but why can't you, and, and again, I know this isn't a great example because this ride, it's for me, by the way, I'm totally fine with it being Tiana's by you adventure, but, um, why can't you in, in a situation like this, take a ride and, and infuse maybe a better examples like spaceship earth, like infuse modern technology. You don't have to like totally overhaul the scenes. Um, just infuse modern technology, upgrade the scenes, keep a lot of the nostalgia and just kind of enhance it a little bit. Um, but but keep the soul of what that thing is, and and a lot of the you you got to keep the icons, you know. Um, th- you got to be thing. careful
1: with that though, because then you end up with like Tiki Room under new management, or Well Stitch's Great Escape and stuff like that. Yeah, I, look, I'm totally with you, but I just I feel
0: like when Disney's like, hey, we need to modernize this, they're like, let's just slap an IP on it. Yeah, and that's not really what I mean. I, I and I know what you, I know that's they've done it wrong absolutely they've done it wrong in the past i I wish i could think of like a good example where maybe they've done it right well okay what about jungle cruise is that a good example of maybe where they've done it right like they have have tried to modernize it keep it relevant um maybe take away some some insensitivities that may have been involved in the past but just it hasn't totally changed it's still the jungle cruise it's not the jungle cruise under new management um and you still get to see the backside of water um Maybe, maybe, you know, even before that, the fact that Jungle Cruise
1: was this technologically advanced ride and when it wasn't anymore is when we really got the skippers with the jokes. That was a great, great shift to keep the posterity of the ride, but also keep modern guests entertained.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So, okay, so with a ride like Phantom Manor, would you have been able to do something where it becomes very self-aware? It's like, we we realize that this is like a cheesy, it's not scary, and some of the effects are very cheesy, and you can see the seams and the effects and things like that. Why not become almost like, like break, let's break that fourth wall a little bit. That, that's something that, you know, I know that now at this point we've had several Deadpool movies, and there's all these things that have done this sort of thing. But But why not sort of like take that approach to something like Phantom Manor? It doesn't have to go away. We don't have we don't need boo blasters on boo hill, um, but just become very self-aware and self-referential and, and kind of taken in that direction. I think people would sort of like gravitate towards that a little bit more and they could accept that a little more. Even you could probably by doing that infuse more changes and, and people would be OK with it as long as you were you were doing it from the heart in a loving way. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: even before the movie, look how popular Jungle Cruise is. Yeah. And it's
0: a 50-year-old ride. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's better. I mean, no, but you're right. I mean, like, you know, it's it's been around a really long time. And the, the thing that brings you back there is the fact that it knows that it's ridiculous. And you get that experience with the skippers. So I don't know. That may not be applicable across the board. But I think for Phantom Manor, maybe, maybe it would be. I would love to see it come back. Um, that's, that's one of those that I, that I have some pretty good memories writing. I, I, again, kind of like a, a gateway experience for, for haunted attractions too. Um, if kids are maybe a little nervous about such a thing. Um, actually this, this brings me back to, you mentioned that, uh, with your AP, did you actually get access to, uh, like, did you get tickets to go to the Halloween haunt?
1: Yeah, so there it's not a separate ticketed event. Oh, okay. Yeah, you just show up. All the rides are open and there's haunted houses and scare zones. Did you do the haunted houses? A couple. How They're how fun. would you how would you rate them? They're fine. I mean, are we comparing it to Halloween Horror Nights? Which no, I'm uses, just like Hollywood level makeup and props and stuff. It's They're fine. Okay. Part of the problem is um, the way they like – There, there's some great effects. I will say this. like In some of the queues, you get put into these rooms, and there's these animatronics and all sorts of stuff going on. None of it's really scary. And then when you get to the haunted house portion of it, it just kind of falls apart because they pump – it's so busy, and they just pump so many people through. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember – I haven't been to Halloween Horror Nights since, I think, 2008. So I don't remember if it was this bad, but you lose a lot of the impact of somebody jump scaring you when the group five feet in front of you just got jump scared. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know, I guess they're, they're, they're fine. They're pretty good. I'm going to go again this year and have a good time. So, and the scare zones are fun. They pump a bunch of fog in. And so you get people just coming out of the fog and getting in your
0: face. And I was trying to, I'm trying to read. Okay, so the event originally debuted as Fear Fest in 2000 and was the the name was later changed to Halloween Haunt in 2007. So they've been doing this a while. I was I was going to say I wonder if it's like um they they're just kind of figuring it out because so last year was my first year really actually going and enjoying haunted events um like Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and I did that first and then I went to Hallo Scream at SeaWorld and it was SeaWorld's first year doing something like that. And you could tell it was because they just hadn't quite figured it out yet. I mean, the houses were pretty good, but they, they really, um, they were trying lots of different things and they were trying to do maybe they were trying some things to maybe make them different than some of the other, um, like haunted events. And it was just like, "Mm." I mean, obviously this is year one and, and this year I'm, I'm excited to go back and see what they do with year two. But, um, yeah, I, the, now that I am open to such a thing, I ask this question. So I'm like, "Ooh, should I be making a trip to Kings Island for a Halloween haunt night?" Um, they're super mean,
1: they're they're very fun. I you you're, you're going to have a great time. If you go in expecting something like Halloween Horror Nights, it's going to feel amateurish even though it's probably a step above, you know, your local farm boys putting together their yeah, haunted house that raises funds for the football team or whatever. I, <laughs> lots of listeners who aren't from the Midwest probably don't understand that, but most of the haunted houses around here, that's what it is. It's like yeah. you go out into the middle, you drive an hour out into the middle of cornfields and you get mm-hmm. a bunch of high schoolers jumping out at you with chainsaws. That's how
0: it is. It's, in it's better.
1: It's better than that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, this leads me to my next thought, which is, uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, Keenan, you're, you are turning 40 this year. Is that correct? I am. I am also turning forty. No, we are we are both and pretty close. I
1: think I'm August twenty fourth, and you are September 9th. September ninth. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you are what, like just a little over a, a couple weeks, my elder, right around that. Um, so we're going to be celebrating together at Halloween horror nights. Um. And sort of. We're celebrating your birthday, but my wife was like, "Hey, for your fortieth, you should spend all the money to go down there." I'm like, hell yes, we are <laughs> to <find> this. <laughs> well, I don't mind sharing the event with you. I mean, it's a milestone birthday. I, you know, what we can have our, we can, you know, it can be a co-headliner event. Let's as, let's as just buy e- let's just buy each other a drink. Oh, absolutely! A happy, a happy birthday, and then we'll toast. Yeah, we're we're gonna do it. Um, so, um. I do have you. Okay. Multiple questions came to mind. First of all, have you ever been to Halloween Horror Nights? Yes. One time. And when was that? 2008. I think. Okay. So it's been quite a while. Yes. All right. I was like 26, I think. So what is, what is your feeling about haunted house mazes? Like, do do you do you get nervous about them? Are you excited? Do you think it's silly? Like, how? What's your mentality about going to, the, to a haunted house? I want to be scared.
1: I okay. like being scared. I, I, it's a fun feeling. I think when I'm like, you know, the adrenaline's pumping, and you don't know what's going to happen but I don't get scared that easily. And so most of the time it comes across as campy sort of like, this is just fun. And, you know, especially get people in your group who do get easily scared. And you're like, I'm kind of laughing at them the whole time. Like, this is awesome. They're getting scared. Um, I will say this at Cedar point last year, we went into a haunted house. I can't remember the name, but it, it, the concept was this, it was just pitch black. And they had like, trash bag material that was being blown so you'd kind of like have to squeeze in but you really weren't actually pressed in but it felt like it was pressing on you and stuff kind of grabbing at your feet and the whole idea behind it was there wasn't really there were some people jumping out of you but it was mostly just can you navigate your way through this maze in pitch black and sometimes you're down you're just kind of ducking as far low as you can get squeezing in between tight spaces and not being able to see a few inches in front of you i was like this is scary that got you what's going to happen yeah (laughs) especially when it got tight i'm like i don't know where to go and all these walls are closing in on me and i'm not claustrophobic but that i was like we got out of that and i was like that was actually kind of scary
0: oh my gosh that sounds that yeah that sounds pretty intense because that's a pretty unique sounding house too um for me what happened look i i've made no uh, illusions about the fact that, like, I'm not, I'm not brave. I am terrified. I'm a chicken. Um, and up until last year, the idea of going into a haunted house, like, honestly, um, like, I, I just was like, no, I, I'm not doing it. I don't care if it makes me look like a baby. I don't care if it makes me look like a chicken. I, like, I just can't. There's something about it that I couldn't, I couldn't get past. Um, I broke through that wall last year, and now I. I've gotten to the point I think because let's be honest, I ended up doing Halloween horror nights twice last year and I did hallow scream. I ended up walking through a couple houses practically on my own. Um, and I got to the point where I was like, I realized the point here is they are supposed to scare me. That's what I want to happen. And so like, I actually started slowing down my pace because I wanted things to happen to me and things like that. um, and um this year i mean i i'm so re- like i'm i'm ready now to start like expanding out to some other some other experiences so um that's why i mean i'm totally open to maybe i i need to check the dates i this sounds like maybe it'd be a good excuse for me to come up come up to kings island and maybe give this one a shot um and and then maybe get a few roller coasters in while i'm at it you'd have to
1: oh yeah well, look, we're half an hour or an hour and a half away, but you got a place to stay. You've got a buddy that'll go down to the parks with you. I would I'd love to do that. And in fact, most of my friends hate haunted houses. Oh, And the past few times I've gone to Cedar Point and Kings Island for haunted houses. We do a couple and then they're like, oh, you want to go ride uh, Mystic Timbers again? I'm like, <laughs> I guess, but it's, it's the haunt. Let's go do a haunted house. Yeah. yeah. That's why we're here let's go ride maverick and it's like well it's tempting because right the lines are usually shorter for coasters when you go to an event like that so, my thing is I, I i like um the gore the special effects and i love when you go into a scene that's really well put together and they do something cool that makes you go oh man like how did how did they pull that off like yeah dismemberment or just crazy stuff and and part of what makes Halloween Horror Nights to me, I think the best of the best is the effects that they employ are totally cool. Realistic. You're watching a movie
0: like you're in the movie. Yeah. I mean, that's where they, I mean, that's how they differentiate themselves is, is they've got that, you know, the funds, the, and the creative and the, and the team to put together these ridiculous effects, which when you're backed by, I, I guess like a movie studio, this is what you get, but Um, But I I sort of do think it's fun going to like some of the, you know, when we talk about SeaWorld, Howl of Scream or or Kings Island, um, uh, any any of these where maybe they don't have the same resources. I think that's pretty fun to see how they, you know, how are they going to pull it off? Like, you know, because you got to be a little more creative. You got to be a little more intellectual about how you do it, which is, you know. To tie it to uh, one of my favorite IPs, um, Stranger Things Season 1, I mean, they had no money to create that show. And so they had to be really creative with how they did their special effects. And, and it was effective. Um, sometimes when you get all this funding and, you, you know, it, it ends up not being quite as, as effective because it's just like, all right, well, you just dumped money into it and didn't work. But, um, but anyway, Halloween's a long way away. Uh, yes <laughs> I just think when I went I the, the house that stuck out to me the
1: most was a movie at the time I had not seen the thing oh and the stuff that they did with that I was just like this this is insane like yeah. I feel like I'm inside this movie watching this alien come out of this dude yeah this is awesome so but you're right it's it does not always translate into well wow, that's an amazing house but it, mm-hmm. and even the low budget stuff when they do cool cool effects can be just
0: so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes
1: absolutely. the campier it is, the better it is.
0: I totally agree with that. Um, and um, I I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited for this haunt season. Sorry for people who maybe aren't into that sort of thing, but th- that was the tangent of the day. Um, there are probably going to be more of these. I'm just going to warn you because in the future, as we get closer and closer to September, um, I'm going to get more amped about it. We're going to be talking more Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. I love Halloween.
1: Yeah. Well, and the premise of your show, I think is impossible for us to avoid tangents. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's yeah. The, it's the password lounge. We're just talking, yeah.
0: having We're passes to places passes. that are cool. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, okay. So let's, let's end with, let's talk about, you, you talked about sort of like how King's Island is sort of positioning itself these days. Um. And and how it's sort of like trying to draw some people in and, and maybe Cedar Fair will start to look towards King's Island as sort of its show park. Let's put the money in there. Let's let's invest there. Um, how how would you for, for people who maybe um, haven't been to King's Island? Like what 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 would you tell them to expect or, or what might use what what would be your pitch to get people to like give it a shot if they were maybe coming to Cincinnati or, or in the area for one, for one reason or the other. So a
1: pitch would be, for starters, there's something for everybody. You don't have to be a coaster enthusiast. It has great coasters, and if you are a coaster enthusiast, you're going to love it. Um, but it's, it's similar to Disney. In fact, I, it, I could be misremembering this, but I'm pretty sure, because they opened, like what, a year after Disney World? Not even, I think. Not even, But I I remember reading something along the lines of that they had been to Disneyland and they wanted to become like a Disneyland of the Midwest. And if you walk into the park, there is a main street and it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Like you walk in, um, there's fountains that go right down the middle and then there's two paths on each side of the fountain. And then straight ahead is a replica of the Eiffel Tower. And to me, it gives me those like Disney theme park emotions that you get walking into a park and just being like, I'm here. This place is magical. We're going to have a great time. Like I said earlier, it's got an award-winning kids area. um, And there's just tons of good shows and um, midway rides. And I I think of the theme parks that I've been to, I think it's one of the coolest. I I love the layout. I love the cleanliness of the park, the, the management and they do, like you mentioned earlier, with the fiftieth, they do lots of cool stuff. Um, the treats are are fairly good. Mm, I think I, I love th- treats. I know. I don't. <laughs> I don't think anyone's, at least in my experience, done it better than Disney. And not to continue to trash on Cedar Point, but their like festival food sucks. Oh. Kings Island's is pretty good. They got some okay. winners. Um, but yeah, the, it's just it's just a quaint. Quaint makes it sound small and not impressive, but it, it it's it feels quaint, but then it has these like magnum opus rides that you're gonna love. We didn't we did not talk about um, Diamondback. Oh, Diamondback! Why did we not talk about Diamondback? Incredible ride! It's great. Like all the rides are long, even the Racer, which is this old like 1970s wooden coaster. Is super long. Like you go at way out and then come back. And it used to go backwards, mm-hmm. which was incredible. It doesn't anymore, and probably never will. Um, yeah, they've got lots of cool stuff. We didn't talk about the indoor coaster Flight of Fear, but oh. it, rem- it remi- <laughs> it's 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 a little brutal. Needs it an update. Yeah. but it reminds me of Rock and Roller Coaster. If you like that,
0: yeah, I think it's reminiscent uh, for sure. Um, Flight of Fear um, that used to be a. Um, it was tied to an IP, right? Outer limits, outer limits, outer limits. Um, so it still is like, it's still sort of alien based, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like loosely alien based. Yeah. You walk
1: through a big UFO, get it. They really try to theme their rides. Yeah, they do. Like there's adventure express, which is like the worst roller coaster ever, but (laughs) it's heavily themed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, that's, that's absolutely true. I was actually just looking at the Kings Island website and I realized that you can apparently from one hundred and forty dollars, they say you can add all season dining to your pass. One low price. Enjoy lunch and dinner every visit in twenty twenty two. I'm not sure if this is something you've taken advantage of, but that seems like a steal if you were going to go a lot
1: no we're penny pinchers so we pack okay. our lunch and it's kind of similar to what we do at disney we will do some quick service meals and and if there's a festival we'll definitely sample the festival offerings but haven't done the meal plan but i know lots of people that do and they love
0: it that's got a great value i would say um, if you go a lot you could easily get that money back but, i mean for sure yeah well even me ask with you. they have like a drink
1: plan too that's really good Oh yeah, like every 15 minutes you can refill your cup at a station. Yep,
0: yep, $35 season pass drink plan. That's great. I I think personally I think every park should do that. Every every single theme park because what do you how much does it cost you for soda? It it costs them pennies for these soda machines. Like I'm I'm willing to pay honestly I think I'd pay 50 bucks. That might be my breaking point. Like if I could get a cup that I could refill for the season, I'd probably pay fifty bucks to do that. Univ- like Universal has their refillable cups, but you have to like uh, pay by day if you want to use them. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but a park like Dollywood, I think, does this too, where you can get a you can get a, a uh, uh, what would you call it? It's not necessarily like a tumbler, but just a a souvenir cup that you can refill throughout the season. They And they change the cups every year. And plus they're like collectible items. They usually like feature a roller coaster or something on them. I think that's a great deal. I wish all parks did that. Um, It's kind of mind blowing. Disney doesn't do something like that with the Coke
1: sponsorship that they have. Yeah. And and they had the dining plan with the mugs. Right. And now you can buy the mugs for like 20 bucks. I think make them 40, make them 40 bucks and
0: just say, every time you go to a quick service, you can get soda. Yeah. It's fine. You're not going to lose any money. Um, where can I get a drink in Kings Island? They got any lounges, any bars, anything like that? They do.
1: There's this um, like beer garden type place. Um, I can't think of any lounges, and we're, I'm on the passholder lounge. I feel like they need a lounge. You got to keep in mind. Every, literally, every time I've gone, I've been with a seven year old. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, well. He seems advanced beyond his years. He might enjoy. I'll a just lounge. hand him a beer. <laughs> Gosh, no. The, I mean, there's plenty of places to get a drink, but I'm trying to think of a, an actual lounge. I personally have not been to one. I've failed you in this regard, Justin. Uh, that's okay. That, but no you know worries. what? If you if you come up here for the hunt
0: and we go, we will we'll, we'll hunt down a lounge and we'll have a drink. Yeah, it, and it may be that they don't have them. I mean, because you know, it's it maybe they're. If if they're gearing towards like being a, a family friendly environment, that's not a focus for them. That's fine, um, but I'm just saying because this is true for Universal too. Listen, you put in a couple themed lounges, you got my money. I'll be there, I'll be there, amen. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of these parks could take a little more advantage of. But um, okay, I feel not
1: stupid. I just went to their website, and the Beer Garden, which is the one I mentioned, is the only. Like alcohol specific place that they have.
0: Okay, tell me about the beer garden. What, what so, do they got?
1: So, do you remember that they had that like Oktoberfest themed? Yeah. Dining hall. Yep. Uh, it's it. it. it's kind of like the um, Simpsonsville, Springfield or whatever at Universal, where you on the outside it looks like whatever it looks like beer garden, and then when you walk in, you've got Panda Express and you know, your hot dog place and all those <laughs> different, all those different options behind that, like kind of around the corner, there's like a outdoor pavilion. So it's not a traditional lounge in the sense of like nomad lounge or the like Cava de tequila or something like that. It's, you know, just a open, open air yeah. beer
0: hall. Okay. Do they? I wonder if they offer so I, I'm trying to, I found beer garden now. And what I'm wondering is, so there's other dining locations you might enjoy. There's a Miami river brew house and fest house.
1: What, what yeah, I would like the to The fest know... house is the October fest place and the Miami river brew house is like a sports bar. So okay. not, not really a lounge, but that place has great food.
0: Okay. Do they have like local micro brews? Yes. Yeah. Well then I'm in, I will okay. go. Miami river brew house. I'm coming for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm checking it out right now. Okay. Yeah. Beer from Cincinnati's finest breweries. Perfect. Perfect. That's all we need. They got wings. They got beer. Miami river brew house. That's the place to go. So with that, I feel like we should probably invite our friends to join us at the Kings Island, Miami river brew house. We will see you there. Uh, Kenan, Thank you so much for joining me. This, this is, uh, is going to be episode six of the podcast. And, and actually, if we're being totally transparent, this is the second recording that I've done for this show. So still trying to fill it out. I'm, I'm happy that you are part of this experiment and uh, really good to connect with you, man. Is there anything that you would like to promote for yourself right now? I don't
1: know. I'm happy to be here. I just think this is super fun and connecting with you like this is awesome. And I love getting on a mic and talking theme parks. I could do it forever. So would love to come back and talk other stuff for you or rant about how terrible Walt Disney World's <laughs> 50th is. Or, yeah. We, oh <laughs> my <laughs> God, God. That's a whole... Cedar yeah. no, Point is fantastic. It's just a poorly run park. But you haven't been since Steel Vengeance, uh, Maverick. No. no.
0: Gatekeeper. I think uh, I haven't. No, I haven't done gatekeeper. I haven't done top thrill dragster. I haven't done. Oh, uh, well, you
1: won't ever do that. Yeah. I don't know if you know the story know. there. We won't I'm get really, into it. Really
0: sad. <laughs> That's another um, no. conversation for another day.
1: I will say I, I do um, travel planning on the side. So if, if anyone is looking for someone to help them with their Walt Disney world or universal vacation, um, come see me and I'll help you out. Cause God, Disney is just, so involved so complex oh. with the genie plus like my job got way harder over the past year and i still love it but that's another reason i don't do disney podcasting anymore is that that itch of, of talking disney all the time i do it with clients day in and day out so. <laughs> um, but if you if you are interested part of is my website and
0: you can contact me there Fantastic. Well, thank you, sir. And and we will get back together again soon. I really appreciate you being here. Please send my love to the family. Until next time, cheers, friends. We'll see you in the parks. Bye bye. Bye. This
1: is the last call for alcohol this evening.
0: Oh, yes. Keenan. Bringing the heat, bringing the goods on Kings Island and Cedar Point. What a fantastic conversation that was with Keenan. And I cannot wait to have him on again. We will certainly be doing it again soon. And by the way, this is Keenan's 40th birthday week. Happy birthday, Keenan. Holy crap. You before me, buddy. Welcome to Middle Ages. I'm on my way. I'm about to join you, but uh, glad you get to go there first. But cheers, Keenan. I'm. So excited and happy uh, that we can release this episode on your birthday week. A little treat, a little special treat, just for you, just to celebrate Kenan. Even though I feel like I talk most of the time, because I can't make myself shut up. I just can't help myself. (laughs) Either way, happy birthday, sir. Everybody wish Kenan a happy birthday. Go to uh, Twitter and hit him up and wish him a happy birthday, if you haven't done so already. You know what? You can go on Twitter and you can follow the Passer Lounge podcast as well. We're at the PHL pod. That's at the PHL pod on Twitter. You can email us passholderloungepod at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, feedback, anything you've got, please, please, please go give us a review on iTunes. Five stars. Five stars. That's what we want. But, you know, I know you're going to do what you want, as always. And you are entitled to do that. But I would appreciate five stars. And you know what? Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Be safe out there and enjoy some frosty cold beverages in honor of Kenan and his 40th birthday. Raise my glass to you all. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next time on the Passholder Lounge. Cheers. Bye-bye. 8,
1: 9, 10, that old clock's ticking. About time to say goodnight. Goodnight. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, then order again. You don't have to go home, but you can't
0: stay here.